This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast exclusively here on 105.9 The Region, part of our Discoveries show for podcasters. I'm Shaliza Bacchus. I'm Afua Ba. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you've been enjoying the, you know, the long stretch of heat so mm-hmm. far. You know, we're it's still hot. Yeah, but I'm not trying to complain because there was a little stretch in July where it's just like, I'm not sure what's going on, but I, I don't like it. Come I, back. <laughs> I still had hoodies out in July, actually. Yeah. 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 And given that we've been in lockdown for ages it feels like ages <laughs> and now that you know the weather is starting to warm up everyone just wants that opportunity yep. to get out as much as possible we outside well what you said but <laughs> a little less louder um <laughs> and and you know just get out there and enjoy as much as possible of course before things start to cool down and then of course when winter comes and uh, mm-hmm. you have to navigate through the snow so again trying to take advantage as, as much as possible yes and part of taking advantage how many patios have you driven by and they are like full capacity everyone's just out and about and enjoying because we've been waiting so long for this yeah listen as soon as ontario hit stage two of that reopening plan and they're like patios open the lineups have been insane you know it's it's died down a little bit but Mm -hmm. you know it's just you know that return to normal but uh stage three then with indoor reopening two we all thought okay that's going to be uh that big return that big push people you know making the reservations to try and go inside and uh just enjoy that time indoors once again Mm -hmm. But it's not the case with everyone. We've, we have been hearing that some people have been hesitant to go back indoors. They definitely have been. And you know what? That's actually quite a popular opinion amongst people our age, like millennials. Interestingly enough. And you would think that maybe young people would probably be more, you know, willing or more comfortable to just mm-hmm. go back and do the things that they used to. But that's not so. So we're going to be talking right now with Ireland Lavery. Uh, she is a Toronto Star reporter. She actually did a report on young people who might be hesitant right now going back into indoor dining. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Ireland. And let me just start off by saying I I actually am one of those people. I am super nervous. I don't know what it is. I just I don't feel comfortable dining indoors. I haven't sat inside of a restaurant since early 2020 before the pandemic hit. Yeah, that's something that I've noticed in my reporting with a lot of a lot of younger generations. And uh, it seems that of course, like you mentioned, with the nice weather, everyone was, does want to take advantage of that. But there are obviously other things on their minds as well that are keeping them outside. And, you know, what do you think it is? Any specific reason like that you found in your research about indoor dinings that you found that 20-somethings are so hesitant about? Mm-hmm. So, as we know, the province first opened up with the outdoor dining and its COVID-19 reopening plan. And we obviously know that was followed up by the indoor dining as vaccination rates started to increase. So throughout the pandemic, experts have repeatedly spoken about the transmission of the virus indoors versus outside. So as I mentioned in my recent Star article on the topic, there is still a risk of being indoors with unvaccinated individuals, even if you are fully vaccinated, and especially with the Delta variant. So this risk will be lowered if you're fully vaccinated, according to experts, meaning if you do catch the virus, you'll likely not get critically ill, but the risk of catching COVID is still there. And it's something that our Gen Z and millennial populations are worried about. So whether they're inside a bar or a restaurant, 
Uh, they're not sure whether the people around them are vaccinated or not because there's no current COVID-19 immunization passport, as some people have been calling it. So because of this, they're more comfortable eating outside where they know the risk of transmission may be lower. So while you were researching for this piece, was there any information that came about that you found was surprising to you, especially given, you know, the fact that young people, we see more adventurous, we are ready to sort of go back and do the normal things. But during your research, was there anything that you found um, that that stuck out to you? So I do think that young people, especially during the pandemic, have kind of had that stereotype around them where they're ready to go out and, uh, you know, be the first ones back returning to a sense of normal. But honestly, I don't think I was super surprised while interviewing other young people for the piece because I'm also in this age demographic. I'm fully vaccinated. I share the same uh, outlook as, as some of the people as well. And so pretty much everyone else in my life is also vaccinated and I've stuck to eating outdoors at patios as well. So I think that's kind of why I wasn't super surprised, but it was definitely a super interesting piece to to look into. And speaking of which, you actually wrote an earlier article back in June about vaccination rates being quite low amongst young people. And that was actually kind of surprising to me. Was that surprising to you? And do you think that might be a reason why a lot of young people aren't comfortable dining indoors? So, yeah, this one definitely was a little bit more surprising for me to hear. So once again, as I mentioned, I'm 20, fully fully vaccinated and uh, everyone in my life is also pretty much fully vaccinated as well. So as I mentioned in the the article, there are reasons why some people aren't getting vaccinated and there are still barriers preventing people from getting vaccinated, like unpaid sick leave, for example. So I do understand that this is also a factor in preventing people and young people specifically from getting vaccinated. But as for the connection between vaccination rates and young people, Um, I do think that for those who are keeping up with all the numbers and all of the data, uh, that that could be a factor as to why they're more comfortable sticking outside for now, because they have those hard facts sitting right in front of them. Absolutely. And then, of course, on that note, too, we are now, of course, hearing that the fourth wave is here. A lot of health experts are saying it. Um, Canada's medical officer of health, uh, Dr. Teresa Tam, is also now saying, hey, the fourth wave is pretty much upon us here. Uh, Do you think, along the lines of what health experts are saying, that they're going to now be pushing for more young people to say, hey, now, now is the time to roll up your sleeves? The data still does seem to show that young people are still trailing behind other older generations in regards to vaccination rates. And as you said, health experts are already warning of the second wave. And because of this and what they've been doing throughout the entire day of the pandemic, they're encouraging us to improve our vaccination coverage because this is a way to obviously help with the fourth wave. So I hope that Uh, we see more young people who are able to get their vaccination do it because, as the experts have said, it's not something that only protects yourself but also those around you. And we've seen that the Delta variant is a lot more contagious and the transmission rates are different. So it is something that I think is very important, especially now. Um, And then also in your research, just backpedaling about um, restaurants and young people saying, you know what, we're going to be opting outdoors. Did you ever speak with uh, the restaurant owners to see how maybe they're going to try to encourage um, some of the young people or maybe just the patrons in general to try and come indoors to reassure them that it's safe? 
So I do think at this point, um, like I said, the young people that I talk to for my piece, they want to wait till a proof of vaccination plan before they head indoors to eat. And this isn't something that can necessarily be done at the restaurant level. So some restaurants like the Toronto restaurant called uh, Oakwood Hardware, for example, they began set feeding unvaccinated people outdoors. But this is something that is obviously up to the individual restaurant to do. And it's also something that has already been protested by anti-vaxxers. So this proof of vaccination plan that I was talking about is something that uh, little, that little bit of safety for, for young people. And it seems until then, for some, they plan on just sticking it out outside because they, they don't know if the people around them are vaccinated or not. And that's not a risk that they're willing to take. Exactly. And at this point, you know, it's hard to to really moderate that. And how do you know that someone's not walking into the restaurant and saying, hey, like I'm vaccinated, seat me in this place or, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's that's really risky. And I think that that's what a lot of young people are thinking of. Now, you mentioned the vaccine passports, which we think may be coming sooner than we think. But do you think that there are any other changes that some restaurants might need to adapt in order to make indoor dining normal again? This passport or I I don't love the name passport, to be honest with you. I know a lot of experts and other people don't as well because we've had, you know, immunization records for for ever, Mm -hmm. for a long time. So but on the on the other note, sorry, I do think that until something like that comes, until people have that reassurance, all that restaurants can really do right now is their best. And I and a lot of the restaurants that I've talked to that I've, you know, ate at myself are doing their best to keep their customers safe, to keep their staff safe. And I think that uh, as long as they follow the protocols that have been set out by our public health experts and uh, continue to do so, then that's that's really all we can ask of them at the moment. And it's up to each individual restaurant to go from there if they if they do think that there are any other precautions that they need to take. Absolutely. And I think this is it's, it's quite fluid, uh, quite a fluid situation. Um, we're, of course, still hearing health experts, businesses still calling on the province to create that, whether we call it vaccine passport or certificate. Mm-hmm. I think now also to the federal government saying in that they're going to be creating a passport of for nationally for mm-hmm. travel, but provinces can use it if they wish to do so, might be the tie that might help businesses, especially come the fall, because we're not going to have these warmer temperatures exactly. anymore. People are still going to want to go to, you know, and have indoor dining. Maybe that federal certificate will probably be that way to, to adapt if the province still opts not to create a certificate um, for Ontario. So I guess this is a, quite a fluid situation still yet to be seen, and I guess we should just enjoy the summer weather while we can. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a whole other discussion <laughs> come September, October. October yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think you're right. It will be, it's an issue that it's already on the horizon, uh, but with the nicer weather, it's a little bit easier to manage, but it is something that is definitely going to be more of an issue once the colder weather starts to come around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Irene, this is Ireland. sorry. This has been such a great conversation, of course, uh, and giving the right perspective, because I think a lot of people think, yep. young people, we want to do it all. No. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're all wild. <laughs> you know, we, we're, ner- exactly. we're just as nervous. We're just as nervous. I know that it's been seeming like you know if we look on social media everyone's trying to travel somewhere everyone's trying to go somewhere Mm -hmm. but 
it is still very nerve wracking. And especially for us, I know a lot of people are on the fence about the vaccine because they don't know about the repercussions of it later. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for now, we all want to get back to real life. We all want to do the best that we can. And it's scary to think about sometimes, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, I I definitely appreciate your report. And it just gives, I think, more of a realistic view Mm -hmm. that all age groups, everyone is still concerned um, to an extent about going back to normal because normal isn't normal anymore, really. (laughs) It's not. And so it's just finding that way to adapt. If anyone wants to read that article or on any of the articles that you've written so far in the Toronto Star, where do they go? Yeah, you can just head to the star.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Ireland Lavery. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, we've been now speaking with Toronto Star reporter Ireland Lavery about uh, young or young people being vaccinated, but a little bit hesitant about, you know, going into indoor dining, opting to do the outdoor patios instead. lot to follow up on. Uh, yeah. This whole conversation is nowhere near over. Will Ontario have a vaccine passport in the fall? Will we be relying on the federal passport instead? Yet to be seen, but definitely some uh, details that we're going to be following up on. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Ireland. Thank you. This was Millennial Balance, brought to you exclusively by 105.9 The Region, part of the Discovery's Block 4 podcasters. Thanks for tuning in. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from York Region and beyond. This week on New Music on the Region podcast, I'm joined by Catherine Sinopoli, a songwriter and Billboard charting recording artist based in St. Catharines, Ontario. Catherine's debut EP called Bone Collector is set to be released on September 16th. Hi, Catherine. Hi, thanks for having me. Congratulations on your very first EP. The release date is coming up soon. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really excited. I've never done a full project like this before, but I've always wanted to. And it feels really great to see my idea come to fruition. And I hope that people enjoy it. How was it working on the EP? Was the process what you expected? So the process was exactly what I expected in that I always plan for the worst and hope for the best. I wrote the song that I released in March called Ghost. And thought, wow, what if I could build a whole EP around this kind of spooky, dark theme, but keep the songs light? And there was a lot of trial and error. There are some songs that didn't make the cut or title tracks that I had that got thrown out. But ultimately, yeah, I'm really happy with the final product. I guess that's where the name Bone Collector comes in. (laughs) So how did you come up with that name? Well, I am a true crime junkie and I love thriller type movies that's just always been my niche. I almost went to school for criminology at the University of Carleton, but that didn't happen. And that's always been a passion in the background for me. I just feel like 
when it comes to the idea of bone collector, it's really a song about a guy who leaves a trail of broken hearts behind him. But I felt like that was such an old cliche saying. I wanted to revamp it and make it something new. I tried to be ignorant so I could feel the bliss. When I'm up against her, I just can't seem to resist. All the stories in my head starts to spin about us. I just need You're an independent artist. Releasing an album, even without a pandemic, can have its challenges. How was your experience? Yeah, it's super challenging because you want people to listen without begging for attention. And I think that the challenge comes from being okay with people saying no to you. And if I was going to encourage other people who wanted to release something as an independent artist, my first word would be definitely go for it. Um, it's always worth it, even for your own creative process, to see the final polished product. But the amount of no's that you have to endure along the way is substantial. And I guess my motto is, at the end of the day, you never know when that next no is going to actually lead to a yes. And so people always say, don't give up. That's hard advice to hear. But as an independent artist, that's really just what you need to believe. You need to believe in yourself and keep that grit up and keep going. And you worked with producer Derek Elliotson on this album, who is also from St. Catharines. How did you and Derek connect? So I actually met Derek in 2014. He's a local producer in the area, and he heard me sing when I was just performing live at a small venue. And he thought, in his words, that I had a cool voice. So he actually asked me to record on a remix of a song that he was doing in his studio. And from there, we sort of built a great working relationship and friendship where I trusted him enough to present to him my song ideas because I felt like he'd give me honest, objective feedback. And that just led to us writing together. And naturally, I feel like once you have a great working relationship with someone, you don't give that up easily. So he's a producer, so he was an obvious choice to hire to produce the music that we were creating. Last year, your first radio single, Home for Christmas, spent five weeks on the Billboard Canadian Adult Contemporary Airplay chart. With the success of that single, was there any added pressure going into the studio? How were you feeling? Yeah, there's definitely added pressure, and I feel like most of that just comes from myself. I'm my toughest critic, and I, I really do want people to be impressed always by the work that I do. And even now, putting out Bone Collector to radio, even, I feel the pressure of, oh, it has to do as well as the last one. But I know that that's just all in my own head. And I know that the ebbs and flows of the music industry or of trends are always changing. And again, it's just fighting that self-doubt and thinking, at the end of the day, this EP is for me, for other people to enjoy, but it's first and foremost for my own artistic expression. I'm excited to share a few of your songs from the EP with our listeners. These songs haven't been released yet, so we are getting an exclusive first listen here at the region. Um, so you told us a bit about your premiere song, which is going to be Bone Collector, which will be released on September 16th. And you have another track called Cruel.
you want to tell us about that one? I would love to. So Cruel is a song that sounds very upbeat in the chorus, but speaks to the message of everyone has someone in their life who has criticized them or looked down on them or maybe underestimated them. And I've had a few of those people in my own life. And these are in my darkest moments when I'm reflecting on how much I would have loved to have pleased these people, the amount of time yeah, and pressure that I put on myself to make them happy with me. These are the words that come to mind or my lived experiences. And I hope that someone else who's going through that, who has that toughest critic that they're dying to impress, I hope that Cruel speaks to them and is a way for them to kind of release that emotion or that desire to just be accepted because I feel like in Cruel, you can hear in the lyrics, it come to this fruition of realizing, I don't have to impress you because I don't think you even impress yourself. And I can't let someone who isn't a strong voice in my life have that much power over me. Another track is called Nightmare. What's that one about? Yeah. So Nightmare is technically the part two to Bone Collector. So Bone Collector is about this guy who leaves hearts behind, treats um, women terribly in dating relationships if he even gets into them. And Nightmare would be the response from someone who's dating that person, trying to get away from them and escape them. So there's mirroring in some of the lyrics and talks about this Jekyll and Hyde personality type that exists and how... Yeah, things seem so great, but once you're in it, you realize how bad they are and it feels like you can't escape. Um, And yeah, hopefully the fall release of Nightmare and Bone Collector puts people in the mood for Halloween or spooky season, as some people like to call it. And that was hopefully timed well in my head when I decided that'd be a cool time to release it. Do you have a favorite track from the EP? So I feel like cruel would be my favorite track and only because it was a surprise in how it turned out but my second favorite would actually end up being nightmare i feel that song was actually supposed to be named scene of the crime and we ended up rewriting it in the session when we realized it wasn't going that way and just randomly i thought okay well another word along with theme is nightmare and that's it was just burst in that session and I love the process behind it and I'm so happy with the final product. I hope people love it and I hope it's stuck in their heads after they listen to it. Sooner or later it's a lesson we all gain Some of us can use the pieces that are shattered Some of us get cut Aside from a singer, you are also a songwriter. Is there anyone that you would like to collaborate with in the future? Wow, yes. I would love to collaborate with the country and Canadian artist Mackenzie Porter. I think she has not only an incredible voice, but she's a great writer. And if I ever had the opportunity, I would love to work with Ryan Tedder, who's a major producer and also a songwriter. I've loved his grit and personality. I've loved watching his show Songland and the way he takes great ideas and makes them amazing ideas. So those would be my two dream collaborators right now at the moment.
Your EP Bone Collector will be released on September 16th. Where can listeners get their copy? They can get their copy strictly online. So if you stream your songs on Spotify or Amazon or iTunes Music, you can get it there. And if you want to purchase it, you can purchase it on iTunes. It will be available in the store on that day as well. Do you have plans to tour the EP? That might be difficult with the pandemic, but do you have anything in the works? Yes, so I'm trying to set a few things up in Niagara Falls, but obviously COVID is the wild card, so we're not making any commitments, but definitely um, a live stream is in the talks right now to air on Bandcamp. That would be where my website is based. But yeah, COVID is really still this thing that we didn't expect, and I kind of thought naively would go away by now, but it hasn't, so not taking any chances quite yet on setting up tour dates. And if listeners want to connect with you online and get any updates on any performances, well, you were mentioning uh, the live stream performance, what's the best way they could do that online? They should definitely follow me on Instagram. It's just my name, Catherine Sinopoli. And yeah, I post all sorts of stuff around my stories, on my reels, on my stream, so they can find out anything they need to know there. We'll be playing Catherine's song, Bone Collector, in its entirety on September 20th, after the track's official release date. So be sure to tune in to Afternoons with Amber at around 3.15pm on that day to catch that New Music Monday segment. Catherine, it was great speaking with you. Thank you for giving us a first listen to your EP, Bone Collector, on New Music on the Region podcast. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for the support. The support from your station is awesome. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.